Welcome, Hepcats, to the Fright Club Dance Party. By popular demand, the dance party. That's right, by popular demand. We put it to a vote, and you want to come dancing, so we're doing it. Welcome, this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. We are from madwolf.com. Go there for all your movie reviews. The big one this week, Suicide Squad. We didn't like it. Not going to go into it. Seems like everybody didn't like it. Causing great gnashing of teeth, but yeah, it's not very good. But we're going to focus on... Some good dancing, because what were the categories? Everybody voted, and what were the categories they were voting on? When animals attack, which did get which did get a little, a little love. Brandon liked when animals attack. And um, evil steps, and actually Knack Mac liked evil steps. And he recommended another great idea, which we'll be, be doing in the future, which is asylums. So we'll totally do that Ooh. in the future. But um, everybody else, basically, almost everybody else, really wanted the uh, the dance party. Brandon liked the idea of the dance party. Um, Chris Ellis Levy, this is the first time she's commented. So, so Chris, you were the deciding vote, by the way. We're just going to go with that. She wanted the dance party. King of Gong style wanted the dance party. Steve, our old friend Steven, he wanted. So this is where we went. And also, I have to assume that Bridget didn't vote, since the whole idea was based on, inspired by one of her recent and tattoos, I'm going to go ahead and just put her in the dance party column. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty It was pretty cut and dried. So, Come Dancing won, but we did get some great ideas for some future podcasts. So, thank you for that. And uh, we have to give another shameless plug here because it's getting close, getting to crunch time, just a few days away. This Wednesday night, August the 10th, it's the next edition of Fright Club Live. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is our best attended yet because we've got a special treat well, it's Martyrs. It's a 2008. You know what? It's a difficult film. I'm not going to lie to you, but it is a masterpiece. It is brilliant. It's one of the best movies you'll see if you can make it all the way through. Yeah, and it's also uh, Jason from The Gateway has assured us this is a, a Canadian Blu-ray, which has been discontinued. Um, so it, super cool and tough yeah, to get. Yeah, super cool and tough to get. Tough to watch, but we do have. We just picked them up today. <laughs> we have our customized martyrs merit badges for those of you who make it all the way right. through you it, don't get one when you just show up you do not you, you gotta you gotta wait till the credits are done to leave yeah. then you get one and you make it all the way through so um that's gonna be fun we're gonna start out as always six thirty this wednesday in the torpedo room at the gateway film center uh, a few pops you know getting ready a little happy hour at seven thirty, we'll go in and record the podcast where the subject will be see the original not the remake uh, because this qualifies. Yes. And then uh, we're going to do uh, Martyrs on the big screen at 8 o'clock. Man, it's going to be good. Looking so, forward to looking it. Looking forward to it. So uh, please join us this Wednesday night if you're in the Columbus or Central Ohio area. Gateway Film Center right there on High Street, OSU campus. Should be good. All right. Um, now, last week we did the best of George Romero. That seemed we, to go over pretty well. Well, who doesn't love George Romero? Right. Everybody loves George Romero. And actually, I was kind of thinking that I might get some flack for not having as many of his dead movies, but I didn't. I didn't get any flack for that, so that's good. So yeah, we appreciate all the feedback, as always, at Mad Wolf on Twitter, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Now, before we get into our top five dances in the Soul Train spotlight, uh, <laughs> we've got a few that just bubbled under, just didn't make it, almost made it, but are good dances. What do we got? I know, I know one, the loved ones. you gotta, you got to have that on your list. Well, you know, it was funny. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that you might think this is a niche idea. You'd be shocked by how many dance sequences there are in horror movies. So the first thing I did actually was eliminated horror musicals because we've talked about horror musicals and I was really looking for something that was more like a random yeah. WTF moment. Like what? What? Rando. Rando. Rando dance sequences. 
And um, and then there were a couple, for example, Carrie. So Carrie has a great, you know, it's a prom. They dance, you know, whatever it is, Love Under the Stars with the, yeah, the big fro not. and everything. No, it's not. It's, it's an expected thing. There's nothing about it that really stands out. So that didn't make it. Neither did the prom and the remake of Carrie didn't make it. Um, and But then there were a couple. You know, what I was kind of looking for, you remember the movie Legend? Oh, yeah. Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim Curry plays Satan. Best on screen state never. Yep. Not a horror movie, so I was definitely not going to count that. But the the scene, the sort of the seduction of Mia Sarah when she turns into that kind of demon with the black goth outfit and everything, that's awesome. Was he when we did our countdown of the best Satans? Oh yeah, w- he was number one. He was number one. Oh, okay, absolutely. I thought so. Yes, okay. but so you know, I anyway. And then we talked about I, it was too short to to get on the list, but. Um, American Psycho, the Huey Lewis. I wanted, I really, I wanted that on here little in the worst way. Yeah, yeah, you've got a little shimmy step there, but but there's not a dance. There's it's no not dance. A dance. And I, you know, there's the, yeah. I I wanted to be able, but I'm glad we're talking about it anyway. We just because, have to mention it, yeah, it's yeah brilliant. because uh, because it's great. Um, what else in there? Well, well, the loved ones I mentioned. Yeah, because that's a, a prom theme. Yeah, and it was close. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, so you'll see when we get to number five. I'm, I was neck and neck between between the loved ones, little quick dance number there. And the one that made it number five, I wound up going the one that it made it number five just because it was, it's so hard to watch for the different reason. Like, <laughs> I, I just cringe every time I watch it, so I had to include it. And then, you know what else I was thinking about? I don't know if you would call this a horror movie. I wouldn't, but I mean, foundationally, it, it's horror movie tropes. Anyway, Black Swan. So obviously, a lot of dance sequences in Black Swan yeah. you could use. Um, you know what? I wouldn't call it a horror movie, but I wouldn't really you know, come down too hard on people that do. No. And, and I know there are some people do, and it, it's got, obviously, it's got some killing yeah. uh, in there and some weird psychological yeah. goings on. So I, I wouldn't get on you too much if you do call it a horror movie, but I don't. A lot of dance to choose from in that one, very, Especially at the end, yeah. that, that last dance yeah. there. Um, and very- then there was another one, because when I watched the movie Fright Night when I was a kid, the scene that I hated the most, the scene that grossed me out the most was the one, like, in the disco, right, where where Sarandon just keeps kind of gliding past where she's her, her line of vision. And, and it's not a dance exactly, but, I mean, at the time I was very young and I was so grossed out by the idea that she was going to be seduced by this gross old man that that's what always stuck with me. It's just so sort of unseemly. But there's no <laughs> real dance to it, so we didn't right. include that one either. But. Okay, so a few that were worth mentioning but didn't make it. In our top five. So we're going to jump right in. This is the yeah, one. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon's going to be happy that this one made the cut. Because I'm not going to lie to you, Brandon. It almost didn't. But there is something so hideously glorious about the disco dance scene in Prom Night. Thanks for the dance. Do you believe her? Not sure what we can do. So dramatic. Let's show them what we can do. Because <laughs> just back then, like, man, it all hand, hand, hip, hip. Oh, oh my God, it's just it the worst. It's so embarrassing. On the dancing. Oh my God. Uh, just at the very end, you know, the 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 Saturday Night Fever era disco was ending. Uh, this was 1980, so you, you've got new wave music coming in, mm-hmm. and then you're just a couple of years away from uh, the urban cowboy craze. So uh, disco pretty much dying, but they have a last a last gasp there with the prom night, and so many things about this scene are just hysterical. Number one, if you notice, at least at the beginning, 
when they're dancing around and doing their thing and the music's playing and prom night, the people standing around, are not they're not moving. No. Nobody's clapping. Nobody's no. dancing. They're just staring like in a stupor. Uh, now, later on in the dance, they start to, hey, they start to look at these two. Um, but in, in the beginning, it's so funny. They're just standing there and staring and nothing's going on. And while they do their, you know, very, very choreographed moves. And they're so bad. I mean, there's nothing even marginally impressive aside from Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs in that whole dance sequence. <laughs> Everybody, every guy of that era, including myself, had that suit. <laughs> the vest. You had to have the vest. And you know he had on the big platform shoes. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, it's it's such a dramatic moment in, in this in this movie that once the other one, the woman in the red dress comes in. Oh, yeah. You know, so, oh, it's like a soap opera. Well, it's like, it, oh, what's she doing here? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's so, there's so much Carrie going on in this movie. I mean, so much. And, um, and uh, yeah, when she shows up and, oh, my God. And, and of course, her boyfriend is just a really bad uh, Travolta knockoff, too. And, of course, they're going to try to do something to J.B. Lee Curtis come up and sit the prom. And, oh, my God. It's, but, I mean, the movie is terrible. Um uh, but then, so the, the the dance that you know we focus on, of course, is the you know let's show them we can we can do. But Jamie Lee Curtis and her thumbs later also disco dance with Leslie Nielsen, who plays right. her dad, which is equally embarrassing. And always, there's a guy in high school, and he's in this scene with a full beard. Every high school had a guy with a full beard. He was I the mean, guy that was buying beer for the rest of us. Well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> he's also the guy that like five years later is totally bald. <laughs> But there he was, full beard guy. And also, at one point in the dance, they do the bump. Of course they do. Yeah. Got to get the bump in there. So uh, it's pretty hysterical. It's um, memorable for, yes, the boobs, the thumbs, <laughs> the thumbs and the bump and the beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sound like that old, that Dana Carvey, George <laughs> Michael right. skit. Boob, butt, beard, belt. Uh, but we're getting off the rails. Uh, so prom night, yeah, uh, that was Brandon's choice. That was Brandon's. Yep. Man, it's a bad movie. It's a bad dance. Yeah. But it's good enough. It's glorious in its own horrible way. To come in at number five on our best horror dance sequences. Moving up to number four, I got to admit, this is one that I hadn't seen, the dance sequence. I had to go back and check it out a few times because it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. From 1988, the dance in Night of the Demons. Blessed be the sinners, for the Day of Atonement is at hand. Say what? Whoa, Sal! Easy, man. A little jumpy, huh? Yeah. Well, all right. Now the party's back. And so is Stoogie. Hey, careful, man. She's acting really fucking weird. Don't worry, Sal. It ain't the weird ones you gotta watch out for. God, didn't your mom teach you nothing about women? So you're saying that you you saw the dance sequence, yeah. which is um, when Angela turns from just outcast goth girl into full-on demon. But have you ever seen the movie? No. Because you would hate it. Well, then, all right. Yeah, it's one of those. I have always had a soft spot for this movie uh, because, and I think there are a lot of us who, you know, depending on your age, bad 80s horror, you just kind of. They're just adorable. And this one is incredibly bad. It's so bad. So it's a bunch of kids, high school kids, and they all go to this um, mortuary 
for a Halloween party that Angela is throwing. And they're all going because even though none of them like Angela because she is the gothy outcast and has no friends, you know, um, they say Halloween is like Christmas to Angela. So they're going to go because it should be great. And they're the, the most ridiculously stilted dialogue you've ever heard, especially the one character um, who's played by Donnie Jeffcoat. He's got, I mean, I think he says like dames. He's like a 1940s dock worker language. It's the most ridiculous. <laughs> it's so bad. But it's actually a pretty good dance. It's long. It's a long dance number, but it's a, her transformation from right. being. And, and, and she pulls it off. Mimi Kike pulls it off because she was a professional dancer. So she does it. You know, it's not as ridiculous as it may seem, although it's very 80s. Yeah. And, and it's also, uh, I mean, the whole soundtrack is great. A lot of Bauhaus going on. So I'm A-OK with this. So it's like for goth kids, you know what I mean? It's it's like a it's like a, a nod of approval. Yeah. Well, little known fact, Mimi Kincaid is actually the niece of Rue McClanahan. From the Golden, the Golden Girls. Girl. Yeah. And she she pretty much just ended on the Night of the Demons trilogy. I think her la- that's her last credit, uh, Night of the Demons 3. I'm going to say that the vast, vast majority of people had no idea there were sequels to that movie because it didn't make any money. Yeah. Um, but it probably made money once it was out on, like, VHS kind of a thing, and then they revisited it just like they did with Sleepaway Camp. But I'm sure that the sequels are suck. Well, what struck me in watching the dance was that, number one, yeah, she looked like a dancer. And number mm-hmm. two... It looked like a solid gold um, episode. Oh, absolutely, A little yeah. solid gold dance, sure. really getting into the music and trying to be so dramatic and acting it out. Oh, yeah, and, and, and seductive and sultry and, yeah. you know, a lot of kicks and, sure. <laughs> step, step, kick. That's right. But it is an impressive day. I mean, it's, you know, it's a bad movie, but in that sort of, you know, I mean, I also love Night of the Creeps, Night of the Comet, Night of the Anything from the late 80s, I'm with. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and very fun goth with uh, an appropriate soundtrack. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's not my kind of music, as you know. But uh, it is one of the longer oh, absolutely uh, dance sequences that we have on the list. And I'll to point out that um, also, like Angela's only friend is played by Linnea Quigley. Nice, our Twitter friend, our buddy. I love Linnea Quigley, as you know. I love Linnea Quigley. Also, maybe she might pop up again on this list. You never know. Could be. That is number four from 1988, Night of the Demons. Number three, speaking of Linnea Quigley, she's right back. (laughs) 1985, a very memorable dance in Return of the Living Dead. Do you ever wonder what would be the most horrible way to die? Try not to think about dying too much. For me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start biting and eating me alive. I see. First, they would tear off my clothes. Let's get some light over here. Ash is taking off her clothes again. Taking off her clothes again. Let's get some light on this. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, she didn't. She's not shy. No, in the she's dance not at shy. All. But she's I not. love that she keeps on the leg warmers. You know what? That's really the image. I mean, it really is. It's it's a very impressive image. In the end, is this this you know sort of bad red fright wig going on and leg warmers and nothing else? Yeah. And she's dancing around a cemetery. Um, uh, and it all comes comes as you heard in the trailer because she's just asking. 
have you ever thought of the worst ways to die? Right. And I love that dude she's talking to. He's like going, no. <laughs> I try not to think about that too much. And she just keeps going on. A bunch of old guys picking at me. And then, then she suddenly gets turned on. And then she's naked. And she's <laughs> naked and dancing in the cemetery. It's, you know, this Return of the Living Dead, I don't know if you are a fan. It doesn't strike me as a movie that you would like. Again, it's another one of those 80s horror comedies yeah. that... Um, but I love, I have probably seen the movie a hundred times. I love Return of the Living Dead. It's funny. It's very, very 80s. But it's, you know, it's got a lot going on for it. It was the first zombie movie where zombies actually said brains. First time oh. was in this movie. And John Russo, who co-wrote Night of the Living Dead, co-wrote Return of the Living Dead. And then that is where he and Romero split off. Romero's, none of his after that were living dead. They were just dead. Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, you know, mm-hmm. Island of the Dead, whatever. And survival, I meant. And um, and then uh, Russo took off The Living Dead. But his movies were so very, very different because even they came from the same universe. They were all slapstick comedies. And I don't know. One of the reasons I don't think you would like it is because so many of the, you know, Animatrix look like um, stuff you would find in a fun house, you know, yeah. or even buy at like a Halloween store for your front lawn. And they're very unconvincing but it's a fun movie, and one of the things I love about it is that, so Trash, right, Linnea Quigley's character, and all of the other kids, they're these punk rocks, punk rockers. And in the mid-'80s, in a horror movie, the punk rockers were, like, the worst, scariest, most horrible menace ever. I remember Friday the 13th Part 3, they're in the barn, they're like, oh, no, punk rockers! <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous. Punks are the cutest, man. I love, anyway, uh, I love that. I love uh, all of the characters that are in the cemetery w- during the Linnea Quigley dance, but her dance is really something spectacular. <laughs> and also, we didn't, we got to mention um, Dan O'Bannon, mm-hmm. who directed this movie. Uh, of course, he went on to big fame in uh, Alien, working on the Alien franchise, right. Alien and Aliens. Right. Uh, and he was working on a few of these Living Dead movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he, you know, he has, he had a lot to do with a lot of genre efforts. And, and I think that, um, I think that his, he he could elevate he can elevate uh the content of a movie you know it's like he has talent and he has vision and this movie could have fallen into the same trap as for example night of the demons it could have just been a bad low budget you know shot like a tv show but it wasn't because i think he had a more interesting vision and i believe uh, nowadays when you talk about some actors or actresses that do uh, below the waist nudity to have it not be real they wear what's called a merkin right uh, well, apparently what, what she was wearing was called a Barbie. Yeah, because because it's true. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, she she just strips down to nothing but leg warmers, and she dances around. But she stands. She's facing you, yes. and you're saying to yourself, she's got no genitalia. <laughs> um. <laughs> wearing a Barbie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess that's what the, uh, the leg warmers are for, Keep, try to take your attention away. I see. <laughs> Maybe the boobs would take your attention yeah, away. That could I'm be. not sure. That, uh, but still, it's an impressive dance number. And then later, when the zombies come up, and she just puts on basically a vest, and she spends the rest of the movie in a leg warmer and vest and, and, and nothing else. I like it. <laughs> I like the look, Linnea. like your fashion sense. And that is uh, number three from 1985, Return of the Living Dead Dance with Linnea Quigley. And we're getting up to uh, some serious business now with number two and number one, a couple of films that we've talked about, not just for their dances, for pretty much everything in them. Because like, I think the dance sequence might be the only thing we've never mentioned about these two movies. You think? Oh, no. Number we've two, we've them? talked oh, about okay. the dance. Oh, you betcha. Uh, number two, the crazy, creepy dance from 2004's Call There. 
We just start with that. How creepy is that music? You just, you just, I mean, the whole time, it's so unsettling, this scene. You're just sort of in a bar, kind of a bar. There's nobody in the bar but men, sort of big, barbaric, you know, you know, farmhand creepy men. And then this piano just like starts bang, bang, bang. And then, and then there's nothing that you, you could never predict what's going to happen next. Like you would, I remember the first time I saw this going, what in the hell is going on right now? Right. Well, we have to set it up. If you haven't seen the movie. It, it, see it. See it, number one. But it, uh, it tra- the, the title of the uh, movie translates to The Ordeal. And it's a guy, he's kind of a traveling entertainer, singer, kind of a guy, does, goes town to town and does shows. And his, uh, his car, his van breaks down, and he uh, is offered a room out in the woods. Yeah. But the farmhouse of this guy, uh, who just keeps acting more and more strangely and, you know, makes sure that his truck does not get running again, so he's stranded there. You and know it, what? Basically, if this sounds like a movie that you've heard of or seen, it is not yeah. like a movie you have heard of or seen. There is nothing yeah. There's nothing about Colbert that is predictable or familiar or... And the star uh, is the guy... Laurent Lucas. Yeah, who we just talked about on Alleluia a couple of podcasts ago yep. about Dangerous Lovers. Yeah, he's the, the same writer-director. Yeah, he's the traveling, uh, traveling singer. And so you get to see what's going on in this in this town full of apparently only, only men. men and you only hear about what happened to this farmer's wife and you're just wondering okay what does he have in store for the traveling singer here so yeah so by the time we get into this bar and the the one guy goes over and starts playing this really eerie theme uh, that you heard there uh on the piano and then not only does the music sound very Discordant, menacing, yeah. creepy, and it seems to set them in a trance. Yeah. Almost, they seem they just get up and just start moving around and flailing. You know, it, it's really you're hard pressed to call it a dance. Really, they're just kind of moving back and forth, and they they all they all seem to know what the other one's going to do. This is what I do now. This is what you do now, and it's it's fascinating and so creepy. In a movie that is full from beginning to end of unusual, memorable scenes, this is the standout. It, it really is. And I love how it's shot, too, because if you, from the very beginning, when, when the guy goes over to start playing the piano, the camera moves from overhead shots, mm-hmm. you, know, you see the whole, the whole bar, and then under, and mm-hmm. everybody is coming, and mm-hmm. then it's very close up. Yeah. And then it pulls back to show how many people are in the bar. I love how he just shoots it from these different, weird, sometimes very extreme angles. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, because it, I think um, it's unsettling. It, it, it puts you off kilter. Exactly. You're and, meant to be yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. Not only in what's going on, but how it's shot. Yeah. And, Oh, it's so cramped in there, yeah, and like, then oh, and then I, I don't. I'm not used to looking at people from this angle. Yeah, it just makes everything. Yeah, you're off kilter yeah. as you should be. Not yes. only of what's going on, because that's when you start to realize how they get by. Yeah, you know how their day to day existence is, and, yeah. and what role they have in mind for the uh, yeah. the traveling singer. If, if you'd thought prior to this scene that poor Mark's salvation would be when the rest of the villagers realized his plight. You realize during the scene, no, they are not going to help him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's just so creepy, and we can't recommend the movie enough. Uh, we showed it, we've shown it at least once during one of our Fright Club Lives, and uh, we've, we should do it again now that we're back. Mary 
Christmas. Ooh, hello. <laughs> Thank you, Santa. Okay, more on that coming up. But, uh, yeah, Colvert, that is number two from 2004, the creepy piano barroom dance. <laughs> um, and that can uh, leave only room at the top. And this one, now this is one I think that we haven't really talked We've talked about this movie a lot. Right. But we haven't gone into detail. About, on this scene. On this scene, and it is an all-timer. From 1991, The Silence of the Lambs and Buffalo Bill. Who do you fuck me? Come on, take that bone. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm focused. Come on. I'd fuck you. I'd fuck you so Goodbye Horses from Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. The song was from 1988, written by a guy named William William Garvey. But the group is Q Lazarus. Yeah, Goodbye Horses. And it's another one of those, it's kind of Bauhaus sounding kind of, sure, kind a of song. Bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, not my favorite type of music, as I said. Oh my but, God, but it works so well. But it works <gasps> so well. What a great, what a great out of left field, brilliant scene this is. And, and, and again, one of the things that made me think of this was not too long ago, our friend Bridget texted me a photo of her new tattoo, and that's what it said on it, Goodbye Horses. And, uh, and I was like, you know what we should do? <laughs> and uh, so I think I knew that this was going to be one the whole time because, first of all, Dunzel Lambs is an absolutely flawless movie, and Ted Levine's performance is, is amazing. But right up until this scene, he's this, like, big, lumbering menace. You know, wait a minute. You know, is she a great big fat person? Just, like, inarticulate, just very hyper-masculine caveman type. And then in this scene... Which is really well shot. You go back and forth between him putting lipstick on and then her in the well and then him, you know, pulling on his nipple ring and her in the well with this song in the background. It's so mesmerizing and creepy. And then you realize as he's standing up and he's dancing around with it, that's not his hair. Right. That's a scalp that he's wearing on his head. I mean, the whole thing is so incredibly unsettling and brilliantly put together and just so you just it's a, it's a quick glimpse into not who he is but who he wants to be which is this right flamboyant that's sexual when, you know that's when it all comes together mm-hmm. and, and you realize what uh Lecter knows and what he's trying to lead her to understand yeah. what the the butterfly things yep. mean what all that means he wants to transform and of course when he does the skin it back there and and you know goes in front of the mirror oh, yeah. yeah then you and it, and Kudos to him. Oh, yeah. Ted Levine. Ted Levine. So great. Is so great. And how uh, Jonathan Demme undercuts uh, the, the scene of him dancing with uh, her in the, in the pit. Right. Trying to get the dog. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, so, it's one of the many brilliant things about this movie. And crazy as it may seem, this, even though this scene is what the song is famous for, it was actually used years before in the movie Married to the Mob. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Demme that, again. Yeah, that Michelle he, Pfeiffer. Yeah. He likes that he song. He does. It was used years before that, but this is the one that everybody remembers. Of course. Uh, and and well, with, with good reason, yeah. It's so, it just brings 
everything to a head because then you start to feel for him a little tiny bit. You know what what his his uh, end game is. Right. Here. But at the same time, you know, and I think that that's one of the great things, like you're saying, is that then Demi cuts back to, no, he's a monster. Right, There's a girl right. in a well and then cut back to him. And you're like, no, that's somebody else's yeah. head on his head. And I love how he, uh, Demi, he does real close-ups to certain body parts. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. reminding you that what, what he's doing here, that's just this body part or his lips yeah. uh, or his uh, little his tattoo mm-hmm. uh, or the nipple ring. Yeah, I love how it's shot, and it's it's such a, a great piece of a great movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, you know when he's standing, kind of writhing around with that big uh, robe behind him all in pink, oh, just, you know, like a big yeah. butterfly himself. And then, of course, that last big image. What did you call it? The skin it back. The skin it back. And you know that's it, that's I think the the that's what stays with you. Well, and you know what it also calls to mind is remember when um, uh, Lecter escapes and they come in the room. Oh yeah, and, and you and see she's strung up. He's the, strung he, up. He's yeah. strung up all uh, disemboweled and everything. Yeah, you kind of get the same type of feeling. He's got his arms this up like that. This big angelic yes, sort of look, yes. right? He's got his arms up. He's got what appears to be sort of wings behind him. Right. Yeah, but and and in both circumstances, obviously used in the most unseemly vulgar of ways. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing. One of the greatest things about this movie was Jonathan Demme took this incredibly potboiler, you know, lurid content, and he he dialed, he muted the colors. He, you know, you, you don't feel that way when you see it. It's very graceful, elegant film, which is kind of amazing when you think about the fact that it's about a man who eats human flesh. Mm-hmm. Helping the FBI track down a man who wears human flesh. I mean, that's amazing that they could make such a restrained and beautiful film out of it. And it's it's full of so many iconic elements that that come together for a, a, such a complete work. That yeah. it's just well, we've we've it's talked perfect. about it so it's many times. Movie. We love the movie so much. It's my all time favorite movie, Silence of the Lambs. And it is our number one favorite horror movie dance scene from the. Movie Silence of the Lambs. The song is Goodbye Horses from Q Lazarus, and it's Ted Levine. Ted Levine, Dancing Queen. (laughs) Did you just hit that right now? (laughs) You just made that up right now. (laughs) Hashtag Ted Levine, Dancing Queen. (laughs) It's going to be his new handle on Twitter. At least it ought to be. All right, what do you think? Uh, Hit us up on uh, Twitter, Linnea Quigley. We know you have our our number. At Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. What do you think about those dances? And uh, are there some we left off? Maybe... Some that we talked about maybe putting in there. I know American Psycho has its fans. I'm one of them. But uh, I agree. It was just a little too short to make it in there. Yeah, yeah. Huey Lewis. But uh, let us know what you think. And please, oh, please, if you're in the area, we would love to see you. Looking for a big turnout. We're going to have fun uh, and be grossed out uh, this coming Wednesday night, August the 10th. It is Fright Club Live for Martyrs. For the soul-crushing martyrs. Mm, martyrs on the big screen. Well, you know, we just we just got funny with Sightseers. That's right. So now we're going. We kind of... Okay, we'll give you this. We'll give you some levity. Yep. And then we're coming in. We're coming hard. Yes, we are. Uh, and you're going to earn your merit badge if you stay all the way through to the end through that. You know the scene I'm talking about. And if you don't know, we'll come find out. <laughs> all right. Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. Always uh, love to hear from you there as well. Golden Spiral Media. We've got uh, we've got uh, Hope Saturday Screamer on ScreenRelish.com, which is? Right now, it is a really underseen 2015 gem called uh, Road Games, hmm. which is not the Jamie Lee Curtis Road Games. It's a whole other movie, a very good one, a very good one. So check that out. All right, check that out. That's at ScreenRelish.com. And all your movie reviews every week at MadWolf.com, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Oh, and also we've got our new podcast, which is That's right. the ScreeningRoomPodcast.com. Where so we you just... can listen to us 
just bitch about Suicide Squad right but now. But we also hip you to some good new uh, releases on Netflix and VOD. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch of good things out there. It's only about, it's a, it's a short podcast, too, so check yeah. that out. It's the Screening Room Podcast. Dot com. All right. Next week, we're back with our live uh, recording from the gateway of See the Original, Not the Remake. Look forward to that. Uh, hit us up with your thoughts. And until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. Cue the music.